to another episode of Tubby Talk. I am Terry, Terry Leahy from Terry Leahy Films. These are the fellas from Tubby Robot. Chris and Steve. Chris and Steve, say hi to the people at home. Hey, everyone. Hi to the people at home. These are the two titans of Tubby Robot. This is their establishment, and they encourage you to come here and eat ice cream and also talk to them about video games, which is what we're here to do today. Uh, this show is all about enjoying video games, talking about video games, and letting you know that there's a place to come in Philadelphia, Maniac specifically, where you can come and talk games and build your own little gamer community. So we try and come up with a cool topic each week, and this week we're talking about Forgotten Treasures, which are those games that uh, maybe the mainstream didn't get a chance to see, or even parts of games that the mainstream didn't get to see, that were really enjoyable and really special and meant a lot to us and definitely deserve a second look from you guys. So fellas, why don't you tell me some of your favorite Forgotten Treasures? Uh, I would say one, it's from kind of the recent modern age. Uh, there's this game called Muramasa the Demon Blade. It was on the Wii originally, and then they ported to a couple things years later, but it was really good. It was this side-scrolling action slash-em-up RPG hybrid thing, and it was done by Vanillaware, and they're known for having amazing art, and this game is some of their best work. It uh, basically looks like a painting come to life the entire time. Amazing animation. And every it just looks like it, it broke many many wrists making this game. <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like a Jap like a traditional like Japanese like painting, mm -hmm. but in movement and emotion yeah. and it's it's lovely. It's beautiful and it's really fun to play. It's one of those games where you have swords and you're trying to make these combos get racked up the most, mm -hmm. and then you move on and you upgrade and it's beautiful the whole way through. And I had a blast. I played it twice. Yeah through all the way. So it sounds a little bit like, is the animation kind of like that Capcom game that came out about the wolf? What was that called? Okami? Okami. Okami. It's, it's, it's kind of more as if they were cut out from like, they were like paper dolls kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you know, like, have ever seen like the old kind of puppets that are like flat made of paper, but they're bracketed together, the pieces. So like the arms and legs move independently from the body. Okay. They kind of dangle. It's kind of, it looks kind of like that type of Animation. Yeah, Okami was really going for like an ink, uh, ink and brush sort of style, yeah. and whereas this game is very painterly, it's very colorful. It's, uh, you know, it's Vanillaware is really the best way to describe it. If you've ever played any of their other games like Odin oh, Sphere, Sphere yes. or uh, uh, Dragon's Crown, Dragon's Crown, yes. Um, Besides, they all look about. amazing. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Steve, what about yourself? So one that I was thinking of, um, it's an arcade game, but we were thinking about it the other day. It's called Vendetta. Yeah, and it was, yeah. It was a game. It was a beat 'em up game. Came out in like the mid '90s, so it was like a final fight style, like Streets of Rage style clone. But part of the gist of it was you played these four guys who were kidnapped or who were saving their like the like woman they hung out with all the time. She was like part of their gang. Mm -hmm. She got kidnapped, and when they were trying to save her from this guy who was basically the boss of Mad Gear from Final Fight. Except he had a different name, and the game was a different name, but it was exactly the same guy. Like, from the first stage with the long hair, it was that guy with a leather jacket. It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous, like, pastiche of other games and other mm -hmm. properties. So your main characters were basically Chuck Norris, you had Hulk Hogan, <laughs> you had Mr. T. You're kidding. And you had Action Jackson. <laughs> yeah, those so, are like the four guys you played, you could choose between the players. It looked exactly like them, but they were named something different, but yeah. it looked just like them. <laughs> like a, a guy with a mohawk and a bunch of chains on. There was a guy who looked just like Hulk Hogan, even bigger than Hulk Hogan, actually. Whoa. But he was definitely Hulk, um, Terry Bollea. You know, I'd love to take all those side-scrolling beat-em-up games and uh, take 
a comparison of all of the damsels in distress, because I think they're all identical. They're all a blonde girl in a red cocktail dress. Always. It's like 10 games, literally. And unfortunately, they were always punched in the stomach and then drink yes. some bad guys. Yeah, they, the first scene is punch in the stomach, they fold over, and then they just get carried off like sacks of potatoes. <laughs> but yeah, but, but this game I always remember because it was the... And it sounds weird, it's kind of esoteric, but the... Like, you know, Final Fight, you punch an enemy, they kind of like have a one or two reaction frames, they kind of flash a little bit, they make, make a grunt or something like that. It felt like Vendetta felt a lot more visceral. <laughs> like, it wasn't gory per se, but you hit someone and they don't blink out of existence. They kind of double over in pain. If you hit them, in the, if you punch them like in the face, they like rear back. Uh -huh. And when you kill them, like they fall on the ground and kind of sit there for a little bit. They eventually disappear, like in all games, because they had a sprite limit. So you can have the sprites sitting there for the whole time. It's like, a brutal animation. Yeah, but it, it looked pretty like. It looked much more visceral, much more brutal than like a final fight or something like that. And I always stuck in my mind because the animations were pretty over the top, like almost ba um, Battletoad style in some some of the animations. Like the one bad guy, the Mr. T looking guy, I think it was. His special attack was much like Homer's from The Simpsons. He would just windmill his arms with his fists out. But he was he would mess up whoever was nearby, and it was it was wonderful to play as. But um, not a lot of people know that game because it was. A clone of a clone of a clone. <laughs> yeah. How could one play it today? Um, you'd have to find it on like an emulator. It's definitely in all the basic emulator packages. Also, if you go back in time to like the early 200, um, 1990s, there's a store in North Philly that has it. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is a little bit different. I just remember I had this crazy fun experience with two of my friends, Zach and Adam, when we were like probably 18 or 19 years old. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle had been out for a while, right? And it was done. Like, I had played through the game once, and it was done. But for whatever reason, I decided to fire it up and actually try out the battle mode. And most of it was just okay. But the very first level, this downhill snowboard race with the greatest soundtrack of all time, rolling around at the speed of sound. <laughs> got places to go, gotta follow my rainbow. As we're going down that, you can do Sonic vs. Shadow on the snowboards and just race through that level. And it is one of the most intense things you can do because you can't go faster. You're already pushing as fast as you can go. <laughs> you're going around so you're just sounds. Right, you're just waiting for someone to screw up. And so it gets into this very intense kind of holding the controller, just praying that you don't be the one to screw up first to make it a competition. But there's so much just wacky stuff in that specific level. It's so much fun. I encourage everyone to play that part. Does it still have these the semi chasing you and you're trying to drop yeah. towards the camera? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That seems really hard to do in like two players. So were you playing that on Dreamcast? No, this was on GameCube. Oh, yeah. Was battle that's battle, battle was yeah. the addition. Yeah. So you, you do have PS2. to play it on the GameCube version. Right. It came out on PS2? I think it might have been PS2 as well. I don't yeah. know because I didn't have one. Later, so. I think. Okay. Yeah, they, but, they originally port, they port everything to PS2 eventually. That's true. <laughs> still, to this day. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> they're still working, they're working on ports. Um, no, but like, that's kind of cool. I like those kinds of forgotten treasures because you overlooked it. Nobody was playing that game with a friend. I mean, <laughs> yeah. let's, be, let's be serious. Like, but go back, bring a friend, and do that, and let it get as intense as possible. Scream at the TV. Those are my favorite kinds of treasures that a whole game totally transforms once you bring a friend. Speaking of that, there's one that me and Chris have played a lot back in the day, and I wish we could play it now. I mean, we probably could if we really tried. I'm sure one of us has it. But um, Power Stone, Power Stone 2 oh, God, on yes. the Sega Dreamcast. I don't know how forgotten it was, but it was definitely a gem. Yes, uh, it's one of those that it's, it hasn't had a follow-up since the Dreamcast days. That's right. Which is really long ago. Mm -hmm. 
like we're talking like 2001, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking 16 years ago. This, it was really good. It was just like, it kind of was like a 3D version of, um, of Smash Brothers in a way. Yeah. Uh, but there were power-up gems, there were, uh, and the second one was great because you could do four players simultaneously, yeah. mm -hmm. which we played a ton of. From the top, though. Yeah, it was kind of like, like an isometric, top, yeah, almost, yeah. sort of 3D like view. Like a Sonic 3D blast view. Yes. Yeah. But done right. But done right. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and one of the characters is basically Goku from, from Dragon Ball, so like, yeah. he would it's, do a, a power bomb and become Super Saiyan when you powered him yeah, up. His special attack was a Kamehameha, basically. Yeah, that it was, was great. Uh, that, that was, it was it's worth digging up. It's worth digging up. The first one was an arcade. Yeah. I don't think the second one was, but yeah. If you've ever, if you could find it anywhere, it might, the first one might have been on PlayStation 1 or 2 as well. But you really, really want to find a Dreamcast with two or four controllers if possible. It's, it's easy. Just experience. find a Dreamcast, guys. Yeah. They're like $13 now, aren't they? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, actually. They might have gone up since, uh, because uh, in, the, in the, the end of days, they were being sold for 50 bucks new. Yeah. And I think we've actually dipped into the scarcity realm where their prices are high again. Wow. Hmm. I still have my Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah, but is it worth having a Dreamcast or like a hundred bucks to you? Now, nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Does your little guy still work? Oh, the, 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 the VMU? VMU? I, it definitely needs a new battery, but I haven't replaced it yet to see if it still holds up. I've got a couple that work. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, there, there's this other um, it's, it forgotten treasure. And by treasure, I mean treasure, because this thing sells for a lot. If oh, you, you don't mean it's by treasure. What's that? <laughs> you don't mean it's by the developer treasure. Right, it's not by the developer treasure. Although maybe there is one too. Is the, did uh, Adventure Island? Is that those guys? No, no that, that was Hudson. Hudson. It's Hudson. Adventure Island. Look that one up. Not the first one. Not the super one. Like Adventure Island Three, I think was oh, wow. the one that was really, really fun, where you're riding on dinosaurs and stuff like oh, that, wow. and getting cards. It sounds awesome. And one can go in the lava. Definitely for the regular Nintendo. That's absolutely a hidden treasure of mine. But the one I was going for is, again, find two people and see if you can find this cartridge, which you'll pay a fortune for, <laughs> or find it somewhere else. Bubble Bobble 2. Mm. I saw it. I rented it from a video game store before, like, which is impossible. Like, that's not supposed to happen. This was in the early 90s. I actually remember witnessing it and then seeing $50,000 go <laughs> out the door when eBay came out later. But oh, so much it took all the cool things about Bubble Bobble and actually kind of improved upon it. You had a charge bubble oh, wow. and all new kinds of shots. But the cool thing about that game is it's that classic game that punishes you for not having any friends. <laughs> you get all the way to the end of Bubble Bobble 1 or Bubble Bobble 2 and guess what? It says, sorry, you can't finish the game. The only way to get a true happy oh, wow. ending is to get a friend. Holy you God. have to beat it on two player in order for it to give you the real ending. Wow. But I can remember hours and hours and hours of sitting in front of that. And again, it's that eventually there's this phrase called Nintendo hard from back in the NES days. And parts of that game get there. I'm pretty sure I've never beaten that game without getting the umbrella to warp all the way past the, the danger levels. But it's just such a fun game to play with friends. And I really, really encourage you to play that. And there was a remake recently with four dragons. Mm. And I don't remember what it was for. Maybe that was for PS2? I know here at Tubby Robot, we've actually been playing Bubble Bubble 2, the arcade version, uh, which is really it. fun. It's got 16-bit graphics. Um, it's pretty cool. Oh, my god. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just finding out about this now. We've also had Bubble Bubble 1, the arcade version, original arcade version up, which was a blast to play. I had never played it for um, 1 before. Yeah. I played 2 at an arcade a couple times, but 1 is 
just simplicity at its best. It's great. Yeah. Jumping on the bubbles. Just jumping on the bubbles, running out of time in that game, and it being like, I remember distinctly sitting next to my buddy and screaming the every time. The That white whale was terrifying yeah, white, every time. And then we the were playing, whale. though. The ghost whale, it's not that hard to dodge. Yeah. Like, I was remembering when I was a kid, I was like, oh my god, like, I think the, the nerves were... Yeah, it's like, game over, man, game over. But now, like, I saw it, and I was like, oh, I'm dodging him, I'm just getting the, the points I want. Now I beat the level at my leisure. Yeah. Like, it didn't seem as big a threat as it was when I was a kid, when it was like, oh my god, this deathly white, bloated, dead whale is coming at you. <laughs> Terrifying. So, there was this, another sequel to that game, not Bubble Bobble 2, but another game called Rainbow Islands, the sequel to Bubble Bobble. Well, I don't know that one, this no. one. That, this is again one of these hidden treasures because it's the same kind of play mechanics but all new weaponry and all new moves. But they move kind of the same way, but there's no dragons, you're the kid. So it's kind of like a prequel, I think, to it. I think you're, oh, before you get turned Bub into a dragon, yeah. Bib, I think are the names. But it's just a kid running through. Uh, if you can find that game, definitely worth the play. It's one of those, it's one of those platformers of that era. There were lots of platformers of that era that felt smooth and felt good, but were really like magical. And really um, just fluent, and you could do things, and you're running on clouds, and there were too many enemies. <laughs> and there were like power ups that if you missed, you it broke your heart that you missed them because you wanted to just, you know, throw a fireball or throw an axe or something like that. This is one of those games. So if you can find that too, that's a real hidden one, but I guarantee you'll have a great time playing. It's talking about NES games that a lot of people didn't play, that brings me to mind. Have you, either of you guys ever played? Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu. <laughs> I don't think I... It was an yeah. NES game. It's really good, actually. It's a side-scrolling... Um, it's kind of... It looks very cartoony, so it, it fits the NES really well, and it, it's got great control. You can do special moves. You're going through these, like, traditional Chinese uh, areas with, like, demons and frogs, but you learn special moves. Uh -huh. So you can do, like, you know, spin kicks. Um, it's really good. It's got nice music. The funniest thing, though, was like in the beginning, there's this title screen that says Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu, and it has this portrait in the middle that's supposed to be Jackie Chan. <laughs> it looks nothing like Jackie Chan. It looks like this ancient old dude with long hair. I don't know why he's there. And then the, the in-game character doesn't really look like Jackie Chan either, but I mean, it's super like chibi, giant eyes. So that I, I can excuse. But like the one, and there's like, you could have made this look like Jackie Chan. And at the time, he did not look like a wrinkled old bag. Yeah, and the idea of this was like a rebranded game, like they put it out in America and were like, let's slap Jackie Chan's name you on know, it. No, I'm pretty sure it was Jackie Chan all the way through, but I'm not. Just, I, I really see, I was know. wondering if it was actually the game Kung Fu on Nintendo. Uh, we, totally different. Yeah, yeah we, we were talking about that recently, actually, and it yeah. wasn't. We looked up footage of the uh, original. No, Kung this Fu. game's actually good. Because Kung, Kung uh, Fu is sort of bad. Shots fired. Yeah, Kung wow. Fu is sort of bad. I mean, when compared to later games yes, about fighting, like, it's so stiff. You're just running down a corridor. I mean, it's a, it's a game. It's a classic game. To, but. to me, the stiffness was its, its charm. Oh, yeah. Because you, you have the point, like, you had enemies coming at you from different heights and levels. And the only way to get some of them was to duck down and then punch. Mm -hmm. Which took, like, three button presses. Yes. <laughs> like, but that, to me, felt very deliberate. Like... To be a kung fu master, you must master how to kneel and then how to punch. Yes. And you cannot kick while you are kneeling, only punch. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird, but... Yeah. So let, let's kind of talk a little bit about the treasure part of it. There's a lot of games that come out and everyone has that version of the game, but it's not the only version. And the other version is kind of a treasure. I'm thinking specifically of, there's Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Oh yeah, and then But then if you can punch find out. it, Punch-Out. With Mr. Dream? Mr. Dream, who punch. is... It, it, it's, 
it's just a cool thing to kind of have that you had it before it was branded as the Mike Tyson version. It's the same oh, game. Actually, I think it was the other way around. I think no. it was Mike Tyson's punch out on the NES first, and then after his scandal in the early 90s, it became punch out with Mr. You're Dream. kidding me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike Tyson. But it was all ported from the arcade punch out, which yeah. was yeah. had no Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson branding at all. Yeah. So basically, Nintendo got a deal to get branding with Mike Tyson. They released Punch Out on the NES with Mike Tyson. And then they removed then him. Then they removed him because he was no longer a family friendly image that Nintendo would want to portray. Yes. By the way, that arcade game, that is a Nintendo arcade, arcade game. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Horrible to play after you've learned all oh, this. Oh, yes. You can't go to this weird controller of like hook. It's two sticks. But they're not even regular sticks, and there's no buttons. You like around and around. And it's they, really stiff compared play, to the NES. You can game. play it in Barcade in uh, in Philly. They yeah. have it. You but can try to play it in Barcade. Yeah, I tried the one time, and it was. Oh my god! It's and it was very strange. It had two monitors in the yeah. system, not for any great reason that I can ascertain. Just to make the cabinet more expensive. I don't know why. I, I thought they that, were but... using some kind of mirror system to make the wireframe of. No, like, no. Or something. It wasn't even that. It, it wasn't was even that. What's funny though is in Super Punch Out for Super Nintendo, they brought back the wireframe. Yeah. Kind of like your avatar in that yeah. original thing. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, he wasn't really Little Mac in Super Punch Out. But he was in Punch Out Wii. He was blonde. Yeah. Brought him back in Punch Out Wii. They brought him back in Punch Out Wii, which is great too. Oh yeah. Punch Out when they they revitalize it. The animation in that game is so good. They made all the characters come to life. Very yeah. few people played that game. Yeah, it's another hidden treasure. It really is. That one wasn't multiplayer. Can you play? Yeah, there's a two-player mode yeah. in that game. What? Yeah, you I can. remember him talking about. It. I never got a chance to play it though, but that sounds and awesome. It's, it's one of the Power Pad games, not Power Pad, but whatever it was called for the Wii. Oh, Wii Balance Board. Wii Balance Board. Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, oh yeah, you, to get left and right. I remember sweating after that. And if you get all the way to the end and beat everything, guess who shows up? Donkey Kong with a pair of boxing gloves, and he kicks your ass. <laughs> Sorry, kids at home. But that thing is a beast. If you can get to him, good luck. That game was great because you could play all the way through, and then you won, but then there's the hard mode. Mm -hmm. And then they change every single character where they have uh, a cover-up for their weakness. Like King Hippo has, uh, well, he has- Like uh, a pan or something in his pants? No, like a cake pan or something? No, he has, uh, I think it's actually a manhole cover that he's covering <laughs> his gut with. It's awesome. Like, and they they actually like tie it in so that there's new animations on like these things they add and they laugh at you like you thought you had me, but not oh, nice. anymore. And like, <laughs> Glass Joe has headgear that protects his jaw. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Wait, so how do you beat Glass Joe then if you can't? Hit no, he Glass still Joe? sucks. You still hit him oh, in the gosh. gut. You still hit him everywhere else. I mean, it hurts him less. But he's like, ha ha. He viva la France. Like, right. it's, it's really good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they 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 ramp up that kind of. Um, that ethnic stereotyping to eleven, which is really part of it's part punch of Punch Out. Out. It's part of Street Fighter. It's part of Punch Out. Um, they embrace it in a way that, you know, <laughs> another Jackie Chan is in there. <laughs> and Super Punch Out. What's his name? Oh, uh, it was a uh, Liu Kang. No, no, Liu Kang's from uh, Mortal Kombat. No, it, it was like Bruce that. Chan. It was like a combination. But he some, kicked across oh, Bruce the Lee and Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I know exactly. What you're I can draw him. <laughs> <laughs> It's a tangent, but I'll go on it real quick. The part, my favorite part of Punch Out was that Mr. Sandman was from Philadelphia. Yep. We were born and raised, and every time I fought him, I was kind of like, "Here's to you, <laughs> for champion of Philadelphia." And then I would lose half the time because he was very tough. I've yet to beat him in the Wii Punch Out, and they make him terrifying in that game. Like he steps up, 
and like the ground shakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like Doc is cowering behind Little Mac, like, uh, good luck there, buddy. It's all, oh yeah, Doc is hilarious in that yeah, game. He too. Oh, he is. And he, there's a, you can replenish your health by taking one of his chocolate bars. <laughs> He's like, what's your favorite flower? Mom's chocolate. It's so good. <laughs> it's better than the first game where to re regain your health, Doc would punch you in the shoulder repeatedly. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of that of that game, though, and they brought it back in the Wii thing, is training mode to get the password. Oh, and they bring that cut scene back. You know, you're do, out do, on the bike, do, you throw do, the pink, and they make it do, real do, cool do, of like, do, psh, putting the pink hoodie on. Oh, nice. Doc comes in, he just pops the door, he's like, you ready, kid? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They embrace the, the, the franchise in nice. such a good way. I need to play that game. It's really Absolutely. good. So, uh, what are some of the valuable games that are super rare that you guys know of? Uh, I know that they, they released a, a kind of a slew of uh, championship games like made for special events. Oh, yeah. Particularly, they, they had a Donkey Kong Country, like, um, I forget what it was called. It was like Tournament Edition. Tournament Edition or something, where it was just a bunch of, a series of challenges that were levels that weren't from the game, but they would be timed and scored in new ways, and I know those are super valuable. Uh, they, they also made, some of them cartridges actually have like three games on them, because they were made for like a gaming Olympics. Yeah. Huh. Uh, the Nintendo One of those was found recently, I believe, and sold yeah. for Oh, it was? Yeah. yeah. And I think it was found in like a, like a, like a Goodwill store, a Salvation yeah. Army or something like that. <laughs> Which I would have thought they were, those were all searched out by now, yeah. because... Well, he I want to believe that he gave half the money to that. Good he world. didn't, but I want to <laughs> believe that. And then a, a rare game that I know about, only because I've played, I was lucky enough to play it back in the day, and I've, talked, I've spoken about it on another one of the podcast mm -hmm. um, episodes. It was Panzer Dragoon Saga for the Sega Saturn. Yes. Which was a game where they only made, first of all, they sold so many Saturns. They yeah. had a very short lifespan. So they only made so many copies of the game, which was basically the ultimate game of the system. Like, it was, the ape, it was the apex of gaming on the Saturn. Yeah, it was an awesome RPG, but it was at the same time, like, this action, like, dogfighting sort of yeah, thing. It, it was great. It was just a nice cool. mix of genres, and the story was really good. There was a lot of full-motion video, um, in-engine full-motion video for Sega Saturn, which looked horrible. <laughs> but at the time, it was like, wow, stuff's moving, and I'm not doing anything. I'm just watching it. This is great. And now that card, that, that disc goes for several hundred dollars. Several hundreds, because then, you can't find it. And Sega, um, the team that made it, the Pan-Dragoon team, lost the source code. So they can't port it wow. or do anything else or, unless they make it from scratch, which they aren't willing to do if they even exist anymore. So the discs, and there's like a four or five disc game. There are lots of discs in that card, in that jewel case. But if you can find it, it's worth a couple hundred dollars. Damn. One I'm excited about now, actually, is uh, Star Fox 2 was never yeah. released, but bits and pieces of it kind of found their way onto the internet, <laughs> so you could find it through shady means. Uh, and now the SNES Classic has uh, Star Fox 2 complete on it for so the first time. But the team, the team was tapped? The original team the, was tapped? The original team finished it back in the day. Oh, it was a completed okay. game, and Nintendo never released it because it was at the dawn of uh, the new systems. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want it to be compared unfavorably to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I love Star Fox 1. It's one of my favorite games of all time. So I'm actually I was really excited about it. I wasn't super excited about the, the SNES Classic, even though it has great games. I've played all those games a lot. Oh, you still own them. I still own them. Yeah. But then they were like, Star Fox 2 for the first time ever in its full version. I was oh my god, you jerks. Now I want it. And what? then now you sell all your old cartridges and just use the Star Fox SNES Classic. <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> what uh, what was the make? Who made Star Fox? It was uh, it was a Nintendo first party game um, with a lot of the technology and some of the development was done by Argonaut Software. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was kind of a Japanese, I believe, English uh, joint collaboration. Oh, cool. For some yeah. reason, I'm thinking Rareware was part of Star Fox 64, but I might be wrong. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, 64 wasn't that rare? No, I, no, I don't think it was. Um, you can correct Kids me. Kids at home, let us know. But everything else on the N64 that Nintendo Touch was rare, basically. That's true. Except for Mario and Pilot Wings, almost everything else. Oh, well, Zelda. Well, and Zelda, then. right, right, right. But all of the, we, we've talked about the platformers, all of them. Yeah. And then your GoldenEye, your Perfect Dark. And one other game that to me, it, it might be, it's one of my top three on the N64. It's a rare title. It's called Jet Force Gemini. Mm, I haven't played that one. This game is amazing. <laughs> I encourage everyone to play it. It's one of those games where um, you're you play as two siblings, and like their parents are killed, and a bunch of stuff happens, and it's in space, and they have a dog with them, and so the dog eventually becomes a playable character. Mm. But there's the three of them, and they're like military people. They have guns. And they run through and they kill uh, bugs. And it's one of the bloodiest games ever. <laughs> but it's green blood because it's all it's all yeah. bugs that you're fighting. It's deep. It's fun. The story's cool. The play mechanics are awesome. It. Um, you remember how in Resident Evil 4, I think that was one of the first games where it went from third person, but then it changed once oh. you pulled the gun out? Yeah. That's the way it is. Oh, cool. So it's one of those... I never really loved first-person shooters, but I loved third-person shooters, and this was the first game I remember doing it right. But it went so far, you could jump. You had a little jetpack. The dog could get upgraded to get a gun coming out of its oh, back nice. so it could run and shoot stuff with you. And my favorite thing, about halfway through the game, you get this, you meet this little box, and this box has these big boop, Mega Man googly eyes that open up, and he starts flying around a little bit, and immediately it tells you a second person can join you now oh, and help wow. you out as this character, which has infinite life. The reason I love this game so much is because it's an absolute blast and so much fun right until the final boss. <clears throat> you get to the final boss, and if you're like me, you have to stop playing for five years until you have <laughs> grown enough as a person to go back and beat it. And I finally beat it, and I don't think I've ever felt as good as I did when I took out Mizar. M-I-Z-A-R, this giant <laughs> bug thing. Because it's one of the hardest sequences I've ever played and I felt wonderful. Everyone needs to play this game. I would kill. I would immediately buy an Xbox One if Rare revived this software <laughs> and made another version. Like, it's that good a game. But find a 64 and play this game and report back to me and tell me how much fun you're having. Yeah, and now you're I need to play it. dog. The dog, oh, the dog has, um, that's one of the reasons why you want to pick the dog. It has jets in its feet, so it can jump and fly around. Oh, wow. It has cinematics. Like it's, it's just such an incredible game. And uh, I did a little research on it, too, um, back in the day. Originally, it was going to be a much longer game, and there are models and everything already pre-created for the two main characters when they were kids. It was supposed to have a whole thing when they were kids, see how they got separated and got all this stuff, and then they grow into these you know, powerhouse characters. But it's rare, and they have big, fun goofy eyes and it's it's a it's a beautiful game check it out check it out now i need to play it i'll find that cartridge because i bet you can get it for pretty cheap now mm -hmm. uh, 
But see, when you started talking about that game, I thought you were going to talk about a different game. Ooh, which one? One of my favorite unsung N64 rare games. <laughs> it's called Blast Corps. C-O-R-P-S, <laughs> have, you, uh, have you seen this? I it was one of the initial yeah, the five title. games. Yeah. No, it wasn't a launch was title. It? No, it came out I later. I thought it was. I think okay. it was. Well, yeah, I'm no, no, no. The only launch titles were Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Those were the only two that came out. It came out, out very launch. close to launch then. If it was close it to was launch, ready for Christmas. It, it yeah, was yeah, by that so Christmas good. it was out. So the premise of this game is that there is a nuclear tanker, a truck on wheels basically, that's out of control and it's just driving a straight line across the country. No one can stop it. So the only thing that they can do is to, if it hits a wall, it's going to have a nuclear explosion. That's terrible. So you have to use various vehicles to blow up everything in its path so it has a nice... <laughs> flat path to drive on. It's so absurd, but it's it's so fun to play because you have like 20 different vehicles in this game. Mm -hmm. You start out with like this basic bulldozer and you're just driving around smashing up cities. And so you <laughs> smash up the cities, it's got great music. You switch out to different vehicles. Some of them are just really nuts. Like one of them is, I swear, uh, it's like a more Northern version of um, the General Lee from the Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> It's just a little car driving around with an American flag on it, and you hit ramps, and you land on buildings to blow them up. <laughs> well, I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah it's so awesome. good. And then the, you have I mechs. I just remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember. I remember on the cartridge was this machine-looking guy. Yeah. Yep, there were like three different mechs in the game, and one of them rolled into buildings and then did uh, uppercuts to blow them up. <laughs> one of them flew around and stomped from the sky to smash them. And uh, the other one, I figured, was even weirder. But uh, yeah, there was just... Uh, such a good game. It, it was unique because nothing plays like that game. Huh. It was it was all about smashing buildings as efficiently as possible, <laughs> with the, an absurd premise. But it was awesome. If you ever get, it, I think that might actually be in the the, the rare revival on uh, the Xbox One too. Oh, so right. I think you can actually play it on a modern system. It's still worth it. What's rare revival? Uh, rare released a, a package of games from, from their, their glory history. days. Yeah. On to the Xbox One. Can Microsoft own all the holy now? No. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like ports. Yeah, they're ports. But it's like 20 games. It's like everything from, you know, uh, Battletoads, the original, up to the N64 classics, anything that Nintendo doesn't own, like Donkey Kong. But it oh. has uh, the Conquer games, it has. Is that Jet Force Gemini? It may. Holy crap. I have to look it up. Like, there were a few notable games it does not have, but I don't remember what they were. But I think Jet Force Gemini, there wouldn't be any reason for them for not, them not to, to license-wise. Because yeah. that was original. In my old age, I've gotten into uh, cartridge collecting. Like, oh, yeah? Like, I'm like, when I, when I retire, I'll be able to play all these awesome cartridges <laughs> I never got. So I'm, I'm going to scoop them up for like $5, $7 before they're really expensive. The wall should be all cartridges, <laughs> maybe. It's like, as opposed to CDs, which die after like 10 years and you can't play them anymore yeah. Sorry, Sonic okay. CD. Yeah. There's one game I, I was, that keeps popping in, into my mind. I don't know if it was forgotten or not, but I never hear anyone ever speak about it. It was a game for the NES called Heavy Gear. Hmm. And it was basically you were these two guys. You were one red, one blue, as usual. <laughs> and you got in one of your power-ups. You like walked around shooting things. It was top-down isometric view. Yeah. Kind of like the stages from Contra 2 where it's top-down isometric. But at d different points, you would get a mech suit that you stomp around in and you shoot. It was like a mech warrior style mech suit. You walk around, you shoot like missiles out of one hand and lasers out the other. And it was very much like once you get that power up, you're unstoppable. It's called the heavy gear. But then if you didn't have it, you were very vulnerable and you're very much at the whims of, you know, Nintendo hard enemies' fate. 
So this is bullets flying all over the place. And then when you get the mech, you're unstoppable, and it was amazing. And I don't remember if it had a time limit or a health limit, but you felt unstoppable as you were walking around just stomping things, so blowing like them up. Huge power trip for you. Yeah, but then you when you when you're out of it, you have to kind of duck behind buildings, and you're kind of much more vulnerable. But even the weapons on the ground were very strong. Like mm -hmm. you had a rocket launcher, the grenade launcher. It's the only game I like. Like I love the grenade launcher. Most <laughs> games I hate the grenade launcher because of how inaccurate it is. Yeah. But these you can just lob grenades in a straight line over like obstacles, mm -hmm. and it was devastating, and it was awesome. And so uh, not really a hidden treasure, but a, but a game that I wish that they would uh, continue the story on. Um, the character Morgan that appears in Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, is from a series of games called Darkstalkers. Dark Stalkers, yeah. And they made two of these. I don't know if there was a Darkstalkers there was 3. A third, yeah. There was a third. But I remember Darkstalkers, the arcade game. Uh, they had it at this ice rink near my house for some reason. It was the only game that I loved playing. It. But the animation of that game was so Animations cool, and so was yeah. the mythology of it. So you basically played as a monster in a uh, Street Fighter Plus type game. You know, big giant attacks and things like that. You never knew who the good guy was. I think the good guy was like the Dracula type character. Yeah, Dimitri. Yeah, but like giant laser blast type games, all sorts of fun different people you could play as, but I never hear anyone talking about those games. Yeah, Darkstalkers are one of those series or that is very respected by fighting game fans. I think partially because it was an awesome game, but they stopped making it after three. Mm -hmm. And that was around the same time as like Street Fighter Alpha 3, I think. Two or three came out, Darkstalkers 3 came out. So it had similar mechanics. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of stopped moving forward with that, and you'll see Morgan in the Marvel's Versus games, like specifically. Like she's in Marvel vs. Mm -hmm. but she's normally the only, like the only um, right. participant. Now I think the boss from two or three, Darkstalkers two or three, will be in the next one as well. Yeah, uh, Jada. Yeah, he was like this big demon-looking dude, like a crescent moon head or hat or something. That. He was like this big blue guy. And he had a crescent moon head. It's kind of like Capcom's like kind of pointy. second stringer sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were kind of a victim of, you know, they were very much tied to 2D, and yeah. that was at the dawn of 3D. And yeah. so 3D came out, and like you couldn't make games look like that in 3D back then yeah. at all. So and it was, the I was glad they didn't try. Yeah. That was probably for like hand drawn and everything, because yeah. Street Fighter 3 is kind of where Capcom tapped out with the 2D, because it was so detailed and nobody played it, unfortunately. Because <laughs> yeah. it was very hard. The, the mechanics changed, and it was much more of a technical game. Yeah. You know? And I think it was more technical because the, the animations were more fluent, so yeah, the they timing were, changed. Yeah, they were fluid, so you could, you could actually parry. Um, with Ryu, at least, I don't know if every character, yeah, I think every character had, if you press forward instead of back at the time of, of move um, impacting, you could parry. But since there were so many frames of animation, you could parry each frame, and you had to if you wanted to completely block a move. Like there's a famous video on um, on YouTube. It's Evo Moment number 37, mm -hmm. which is during the Evo Fighting Game Championships a bunch of years ago. And two guys are playing two. They're still like like top competitors now in the fighting game scene. But they were playing each other, and one guy was playing Chun Li. And you know Chun Li has lightning fast kicks, mm -hmm. so he did Chun Li's lightning you know lightning kick super, which is like which is like 30 um, some hits. Yes, yeah, a lot of hits, like very quickly in repetition. And he was, the other guy was playing as Ryu, and he had like a tiny sliver of health left. And when you parry, you don't take any chip damage. So he parried each and every attack. No way! Like, the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, he's like, and then and it finishes him off with like a with a super counter super. No way! And it was amazing because the kicks aren't timed exactly, so it wasn't just oh you just keep tapping it. So he figured out the timing just from playing the game so much. 
but that's how fluid the animation was. He could see and react to it in real time. That was Daigo, right? Yeah, it was. No, yeah, Daigo. Justin Wong is who he was fighting against. Yeah, and so they're both still very active now. It's the most famous moment in esports history. Like, if you search for anything online for like, you know, Street Fighter most famous it'll, it'll yeah, Evo moment, yes, it's it's amazing. But like, I'll be doing yeah, that yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah, so like in contrast, uh, Darkstalkers Three had not quite that level of animation, but it was it was the previous step with the Alpha games that they were using. Mm -hmm. It was still very detailed, I think very preferred. fluid. Yeah, like, like I preferred that as well because Street Fighter Three was too fluid sometimes, and to me it just it seems like the moves took too long to come out. But um, but yeah, so they stopped that with Darkstalkers because it wasn't super popular and it wasn't what was going to carry them forward. And Street Fighter had the, the, the history behind it. So they moved forward with that with Street Fighter 4 and with the 3D aspect of it. But fans are clamoring for new Darkstalker games. Good. And Capcom's always teasing them. For like the, um, I forget what the, I think his name's Ega. No, it's not Ega. It's something. The guy that runs like the, the fighting game division is always teasing a new Darkstalkers game for, for like six years now. Well, they, <laughs> and they haven't done it. They did drop a pretty big announcement a little while ago where they said officially we're going to go back into some of those uh, franchises that have been dormant. So let's hope that's one of them because I, I think Mega Man X is one of them. That would be nice. That would be great, but I think Capcom's kind of washed their hands with Mega Man at this point. Although they, Why'd they put, put him in the yeah in uh, Marvel's Capcom Infinite. I think they're and getting Sigma, ready, right? They put yeah, Sigma is a bad them. guy. Maybe. Yeah. I, I try not to have too much hope. I think they're yeah. getting ready after the all the Where Sonic is he? <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. After all the Sonic games and the Sonic cycle of defeat. After that, after being crushed by Sonic game after Sonic game, getting hyped up and then falling to new depths of, of despair. I will say, there is one super hidden treasure, which you really, unless you're really nerdy, you're not going to know even how to play these. Have you guys ever played the Mugen games? Yeah. Uh, those are incredibly made <laughs> games. Totally not authorized by anybody. <laughs> But these are games that you could download to PCs, but only certain kinds of PCs. You had to like downgrade certain PCs to be able to play oh, yeah. it. Um, but they were, they they were for people who didn't want to leave that classic 2D yeah, fighting exactly. style before they went to the Street Fighter 3 type thing. And it's just every character possible put into these things, including stuff they just ripped and created themselves. But it's like. Yeah. The Marvel characters, the Capcom characters, the Dragon Ball Z characters, SK, yeah, like SK characters. Character. Yeah, it was notable for all the Dragon Ball characters who, in the Dragon Ball fighting games, are very. They have like one or two moves, maybe at max, and then people and we animated the sprites to give them, like, three three combo, you know, three hyper like hyper combo moves, mm -hmm. like the Marvel vs. Capcom two hyper combo attacks. We used three bars and yeah. just fired a giant beam or just. Fill the screen full of like Morgan clones just shredding your apart. <laughs> and then they had like upgraded sprites for the Dragon Ball characters, for the SNK characters, because they didn't have like giant fireball or screen filling attacks either. So they go through and add a lot of stuff. And I've seen a version that added like Link as a fighting game cool. combatant, like 2D with a full suite of moves. Like anything you can think of, they've done. Pretty cool. Last Hidden Treasure is just uh, Link appearing in Soul Calibur 2. That was awesome. On the yes, GameCube. on the GameCube. Yeah. That was awesome. Chris actually got that for me for my birthday. Chris <laughs> and some of our other friends of ours, like, very long ago now. Well, not disclosed because I don't disclose how old I am. But yeah, but I remember playing that and I was just thrilled that you play as Link in a fighting game with the Master Sword so and the Hylian Shield and just wreck yeah, shot. So iconic. He was one of the best characters in that or game. Or a Bugnet. And also bug bug yeah, <laughs> to the bug net and, and did less. Yeah, Soul Calibur 2, that's when they added like the alternate weapons for yeah. everybody. But yeah, it, it was it was amazing and just being able to play as Link, 
and Wreckage Shop within this grid. And then like the other systems ports of Street Fighter, of Soul Calibur 2 had different console specific characters. PlayStation had Hihachi? PlayStation was Hihachi, yes, from Tekken. And then Spawn. Xbox was Spawn. Oh, right. Which I never really like, with Xbox, what? but... They're like, yeah, Xbox is dark and gritty and so is Spawn. So is Spawn. <laughs> oh, McFarlane. <laughs> Well, guys, that wraps up another episode of Tubby Talk. If you have some uh, favorite hidden treasures you think that we should play, please let us know. Sure thing, yeah. I mean, I love hearing about games that I haven't played yet because I played a lot of them. So please let us know and always drop us a line. Uh, come to Tubby Robot and uh, let us know in person. Yeah, there's so many games that we've played in the past we probably don't even remember we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so we would love to be reminded of some of these games, um, reminiscing just about things like... Little Ninja Brothers. Yeah. Not gonna go into it, but I was reminded of it the other day. I played a ton of this game. <laughs> it's garbage, <laughs> in my opinion. But I played so much of it. Like, things like that. Like, look it up. You'll see how garbage it is. But yeah. And then tell them to throw it on the wall. They got Wall of Vision here. So maybe we can get some of those classic hidden treasures here in the shop. Maybe. We'll have to see. <laughs> Come in and talk to us about it. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Peace.